All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrands, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, 
wife told her daughter and daughter told the ancestors and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come dropping gem, dropping gem. Hey, welcome back to the Dropping Gems podcast, your soft place to land for conversations on higher consciousness and making all of our healing applicable to our day-to-day lives. This is a place of self-discovery. This is a place of honest, non-judgmental communication, and this is a place to expand. This week, I am very excited to share this conversation with you. One of our amazing sponsors here at the Black Effect Network and iHeartRadio is the Molson Group. And they invited me into their offices to have a fireside chat with the very dynamic woman who runs and heads their diversity and inclusion, Whitney Goins. And it was such a privilege to be in conversation with her. It was really cool finding out that she is an avid listener of the Dropping Gems podcast. And when I tell you, we went so deep. We went so deep that this conversation honestly really moved me. And I was thinking about it for days afterwards, especially I was thinking about Whitney, the amazing woman who's doing such powerful work at that company and had just the absolutely most beautiful, expansive, divine conversation with her. It was such a pleasure to answer these questions and to hear her thoughts and to connect with those in the audience. And so they did me the honor of allowing me to share this very private speaking that I did for them, very private, private speaking that I did for them with my Dropping Gems audience. So huge, huge thank you. So much gratitude to Molson. So much gratitude to Whitney. You are incredible. Love speaking with you and so happy to share this conversation with you. Some of the things we dived into was structural oppression. We dove into wellness in the workplace. And we also talked at a very high level about what it is to really expand diversity and inclusion, especially in the wellness space. So these are the conversations I love having. This is some of the corporate side work that I do, and I'm excited to share it with you here. So please take a listen to all of the beautiful gems to all of the incredible questions um, and, and considerations that Whitney shared. And here we go. Oh my goodness. It's such a pleasure to be here. Um, and thank you um, for being here with us today. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. I cannot tell you how many messages um, the DEI team has received expressing ex- the pure excitement to have you join us today. So I really just want to reiterate the undeniable impact Um, that you are having on the lives of so, so many. And we're just so grateful that you've created, as you like to say on your podcast, a a soft place for us to land. So thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. So Debbie, in our conversation today, talking about mental health in the BIPOC community, um, first, I would really love to just start by talking a bit about your journey. Um, So you've mentioned you know, how oftentimes you would walk into these spaces and you may be the only person that looks like um, you. So can you tell us what was the catalyst for your journey or exploration into the mental health and healing space? Wow, what a beautiful question. You know, Whitney, I think when I look back at like some of the early trappings of my life, I think we all kind of have this undercurrent of a knowing that there's more available to us or that maybe experiences we've had in our lives 
maybe there's something more, maybe there's something better, or maybe there's something we need to explore. Whether we tune into it or not is completely up to our spirits and the timing in our life. But, you know, my initial, my initial career in broadcasting, um, I started to get really burned out and I started really feel like ego was leading my life in a way that was not sustainable or healthy. And I didn't have that terminology then. But when I started having anxiety before I walked into the building at work, because Mm -hmm. it just seemed so against who I was, I knew something had to shift. And that's when I started my, my mental health, emotional health, spiritual health journey. This is roughly around somewhere in between 10 to 12 years ago when I went Mm -hmm. to my very first retreat. And Initially, I walked in that space and I was experiencing just a profound upgrade in my consciousness and the way that I was able to see myself in the world. And while I was having that experience, I was also having the dual experience of being the only person of color in every room Mm -hmm. and the youngest person at the time in all of those rooms. And so it was this experience that was also very similar to what it is to be a person of color in this country, this dual existence of having a challenge that not everyone is aware of and still having a life that is filled with all the things that life is filled with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I really started to look not only at my own journey, but why some of this work didn't always feel so accessible or organic in other non-white communities. Mm-hmm. So touching on that, um, I'm really interested to hear your perspective on, you know, why do you think that people of color are behind or maybe even hesitant in the mental health space? You know, what are what are those barriers? Mm. So this is going to be a pretty full answer because it's not just one thing. You know, we have to think of historical context anytime we have conversations about people of color, specifically in this country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there it's interesting, right? When we think of wellness, when we think of the ability to tap into well-being, even though it's been put under the capitalistic filter, it is free. Being quiet, sitting still, connecting with nature, it is something we can kind of naturally do. But if you think of some of the barriers we have in place our own mental health, like centuries of having experiences that were deeply harmful, uh, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, and never being able to talk about them. Or if you talked about them, nothing ever changed. We saw advancement and immense suppression at every turn. We've witnessed immense violence, um, harm to women, to children, to our men. And so that as the undercurrent of an experience of of seeking more for yourself, it's always going to limit you in a subconscious way. We even think about things like going out and connecting with nature, right? Going camping or taking a hike that feels natural in our day-to-day culture. But if you look historically, black and brown people were segregated and not allowed to visit national parks, state parks, the beaches were segregated. So Mm -hmm. things that seem natural and easy in the year of 2022, there could be potentially subconscious uh, experiences at play that just make you think you can't access those things. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of cultural programming. And I think all of us, no matter the cultural background, we're awakening to a new time where you can speak freely about your own lived experience. And it was just a couple decades ago that I think it was really commonplace in most households to say, don't show your dirty laundry. 
Don't talk about it. We're fine. Get over it. You know, so there, there are so many structures at play that keep us from ourselves. And I think it's really important to reflect on that because it helps us have the courage to stand up for ourselves, to become more, and to cast aside maybe behaviors or thought processes that don't nourish our mental health. Right. And you mentioned, um, you know, don't air dirty laundry and things like that. I think the one thing you for, forgot about too was, oh, just go pray about it, right? Um, so there was always that, um, yeah. you know, and I think having religion as, you know, such a cornerstone is, is beautiful, but sometimes I think we would use it to almost cover up um, the, the mental health journey that probably should be embarked upon, right? So I feel like that was also another barrier um, as far as just education, understanding that, you know, just because I am seeking out this particular, um, I'm trying to learn about mental health and other ways of healing does not mean I'm necessarily going against um, the religion that I was raised with as well. That is so beautifully said. And if I can add, you know, sometimes in the systems of our deep belief culturally in the systems of the churches and how they really held us up in communities when there weren't spaces for that, there is so much beauty in that and so much necessity in that. And very often it lacks process for real change. You know, something about sometimes going into a church setting and that being the only place that you look for more is it bypasses the actual experience and process of what it is to change oneself. Mm -hmm. And it goes directly to the have faith and more. But mm -hmm. if we're biblically, you know, what is found in the Bible is faith, with, faith without works is dead. And so it's so much more sometimes than just coming in and kind of putting on that performative, everything will be okay. I have faith. There are real things that we experience in this life that are deeply complex and layered that have to have additional processes and care to be able to work through and transcend. Absolutely. Thank you for adding that on. That was beautifully said. Um, and in your previous answer, you also talked about just like um, we started talking about barriers, the centuries um, of, of things that um, BIPOC communities have had to experience. And on your um, podcast, Dropping Gems, I've also heard you speak about generational imprinting. Um, for those who are maybe not familiar with the term, would you mind explaining what generational imprinting is for the audience? Absolutely. And the way that I convey it on my show, it's intergenerational trauma or what we're kind of more loosely referring to as generational trauma. Mm -hmm. And that is really, um, it's the impact of every generation that preceded us on not only our mental and emotional health, but also the cells of our physical body and mm -hmm. the is having a lot of research around this. But there is, you know, a beautiful example would be when you think about things that maybe went on in your grandmother's history. For those of us that are able to be connected to knowledge and stories of previous generations, if your grandmother went through a trauma, which let's be kind of um, real about this, if you are a person of color in this country, almost every single generation, including those living, have experienced not just trauma, but complex trauma, which means 
things that are stacked upon you every single day, which is a little bit more intricate than the experience of PTSD, which is also a piece of that. But CPTSD means it's not just one thing. It is the fibers of everything in your life regularly, consistently. And so if someone in your family system experienced a trauma or several traumas, that would impact the way they were able to parent you based on what they had access to for their own healing. Something that we almost, I would say universally, though nothing is a monolith, something that we almost universally know is that no generation before this one really had access to therapy, had access to meditation, had access to all the books or the Instagram memes or the things that are now motivating us. Mm -hmm. You internalize it, right? And a lot of previous generations also had a lot of disease in their body that was manifesting from this emotional mental pain. And so if your ancestor, if your elder did not get a chance to work through these things, to heal themselves, to find another way of being, the way they parented you was impacted by that, which could mean many things. Could potentially mean some emotional neglect. It could mean physical experiences of abuse. Um, or it could just mean continuing living a really challenging life and not having opportunities for your mental health. That then gets passed down to you. And until someone stops it or shifts the experiences, it continues down, it continues down. So we are a generation of healing. This is the first time in human history that we know of that we have collectively in a mainstream way begun speaking to these bigger elements mm-hmm. and beginning to attempt to work through them. So if that's the case right now in 2022, that means for the last let's say 500 years or 3,000, all of that was happening. All of that was happening until it met you in this moment. So that's pretty much a simplistic way of sharing how that process can work in our lives and in our families. Thank you. I, when you said, um, you know, just think about like your grandmother, like I like instantly felt myself getting emotional, like just thinking about, you know, what the generations before us ha- have gone through. Um, and I feel like, I mean, you, you made some really amazing points, um, as far as us being the generation of healing, just the additional resources that we have, but also you talked about, um, you know, parenting and understanding that, you know, a lot of times our parents are are merely giving us what they were given. Right. So sometimes you, you just don't have those resources and, um, you're doing the best that you can with what you were given. And I know you talk a lot about healed parenting on, um, your podcast and in many interviews, but I think that we have to also understand, um, it's like a lot of the getting over generational trauma and starting our healing starts with forgiveness as well. So I really wanted to transition into more about that generational trauma and ancestral healing. I'm starting particularly um, with uh, generational trauma. So staying on that path of um, trauma and grief. I heard you quote one time, um, you said, grief never leaves you, it just changes forms. And I thought that was such an amazing and powerful quote as we think about it's going back to the conversation of, you know, generations again. So that past being passed down, but changing forms, right? So I, I mentioned forgiveness, but what are some other ways that you suggest um, on how we can deal with grief that has become so generational, so familial that it almost feels like you can't escape, like it's it's become a part of the DNA? Yeah, absolutely. And it 
And it absolutely has. Mm-hmm. It has become a part of our DNA. It has be, you know, become trapped in our cells. And I think as science continues to explore and substantiate the very real things that so many people have known and, and spoken to over the centuries, you know, it's in there's a there's a really amazing book. And I think this example might might really fit. Um, many books are out now, gratefully, on helping to unpack some of this understanding of the way things get stored in our bodies. The Body mm-hmm. Keeps the Core is a really beautiful book. I also love Resma Minikin's My Grandmother's Hands. One of the things Resma speaks to in that book is he shares a powerful example of how trauma manifests as personality. And you may not even know it. And you may spend your entire life behaving as you. And it's not really the truth of who you are. It's just the layers and layers of trauma that have developed as the way you show up in the world. So for instance, if your mother experienced a kind of trauma or had an upbringing where she was forced to be quiet or experience things that made her go inside and be very quiet or be very um, minimized, she may pass down that pattern of behavior to you and you take it on because that's what was role modeled for you. And so you may behave as someone who has social anxiety or is very shy or is not able to really stand up for yourself. And you don't know why, because maybe your life experiences haven't added up for you to actually be behaving that way. But somehow this is who you are in the world. Mm -hmm. What's so important is that was just, that was your rearing, right? So that was the imprint of personality on you that you're now living. What is so powerful and important is when we come into a space of wanting more, wanting to investigate and really support our mental health and our emotional health, you have to stop and look at what makes you you and be willing to challenge it a little bit. Be willing to get self-aware enough to where you say, is this actually the truth of who I am? Is there an opportunity to change my behavior, to test out some new things? And then you just have to get your practice going, get your support going, you know, seek out assistance to explore your mental health, perhaps with a therapist, if that feels right, or through meditation, um, through different somatic practice. But Creating systems and structures that allow you to explore yourself with support are incredibly important. And that is how we begin to dismantle some of that programming. We have to first figure out that it exists, see where it's living inside of us, and then begin the process of greeting it with awareness in order to release it. But we have to be willing to see ourselves. We have to, and I, I want to say that knowing that for some people, that is a lot more challenging than others. Some of our stories are really deep. Some of our stories are really painful. And so I just want to acknowledge that, that sometimes the journey is more challenging than other people. And that's why it feels like people may be outpacing you or being able to, you know, get their healing or their breakthrough faster. We have complex individual experiences. Wow. If you all... <laughs> did not realize or understand why her podcast was called Dropping Gems before. Because <laughs> she just dropped so many. Oh, my goodness. That was so beautifully said, Debbie. Um, and I think a lot of times, especially, I mean, when I first tuned into your podcast, the things that you kind of introduced us to 
it, it's our first time hearing that. So to for someone to say, you know, your personality actually may not be who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that was imprinted mm-hmm. and passed on. It's so powerful and and almost earth shaking to hear. Um, and you mentioned Resma Minicum and amazing for those of you who are not familiar with Resma, um, an author and psychotherapist. But in your episode with him, Debbie, um, he actually talked about, and I think it goes back to making how hard it is to make sure that we're not becoming numb to seeing this so often on TV or in the media. But he he mentioned, you know, when we watch black bodies being destroyed, um, it creates a collective anguish in our community. Um, and then a lot of times we turn that collective anguish into personal anguish. Mm. And then um, it has such an effect on our body that we don't realize. But on top of that, we are then left trying to heal um, communal horrors with individual healing strategies. And it, it just simply doesn't work. Um, so we kind of talked about the generational um, imprinting and and the pain that that can cause. But where do we start with attempting to heal those generational traumas? I know you mentioned um, it starts with that awareness and kind of confronting that head on. But any other thoughts on just where to start? Because uh, I know like after people leave this conversation, again, they're probably hearing things for the first time. They're like, okay, she just racked my whole world. Where Now where do I go? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. You know, and I, I want to say this with as much gravity as possible because one thing um, just in my years of teaching and speaking to this that, you know, I've begun to recognize as a norm is that very often the responses shared seem so simplistic that people can hear them and they can hear them repeatedly and still say, but where do I start? Where's the beginning space? Hmm. Because we think that those things could never actually match the depth and the vastness of what we've gone through. Hmm. So if I were to offer something and say, you know, first begin by connecting to your breath, get centered in your body. That sounds so simple that if you are a survivor of complex trauma, um, or if your life experiences have just been complex, mm-hmm. you reject it because you say, what is breathing going to do? What is two minutes or 30 seconds? Of the, okay, everyone wants to tell me to close my eyes. and No, you know, and it seems um, so unhelpful that you don't attempt. Mm-hmm. And the truth is some of those things, and I'm going to go through a couple more in a moment, those are the exact things that dismantle it and make this work possible to live your healing, to live in the things that you're seeking for yourself, in the growth that you're seeking for yourself. It is the detailed, tiny, still moments that allow the grief to be met and released. And so when we, when I speak to meditation, when I speak to getting centered, one of the things that comes up for a lot of people and this is, I believe, the starting point is learning how to slow your body down. Because on one half of the spectrum, society has just taught us to go, go, go. Hustle culture, grind, girl, boss, yep, kill it. So we're fast, 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 right? Also, you may have had a parent that had a very challenging experience raising you because of all the other things happening in their life. So everything might have had to feel, come on, let's go. We got to do this. Right. We're used to moving, walking fast for no reason. And even when you don't have somewhere to go and we're used to 
avoiding ourselves with our own thoughts. And sometimes that feels like a rumination, like maybe they are intrusive thoughts of experiences you've had that run on a loop in your mind. And that brings a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. It could also just be thinking about everything but yourself all day, calling that care, concern and worry, but it being your tool of avoiding yourself. These are not judgments. It's just important to see how do we individually respond to things. Mm -hmm. When you take a moment to begin a meditation practice, even if it's two minutes a day, five minutes a day, eventually building up to the recommended 25 minutes, two times a day, (sighs) you're able to connect to a part of yourself where everything you've experienced is able to be processed either released or it's able to find a new home. And so when we begin a meditation practice, getting still and silent sometimes feels really scary at first because all of a sudden you're feeling everything you have been trying not to feel your whole life. That passes. In order to be free of it, you have to feel it and it has to be expressed. Mm -hmm. Meditation allows you to come into a space where you're able to learn how to come back into your body so that you can be present with yourself and not constantly moving so fast, thinking so much that before you know it, you look up and your life has passed and you don't really know how you lived it. Mm -hmm. So those practices to begin, find time to be with yourself in a new way. If you're not yet ready to sit down and close your eyes and connect to the present moment, considering every day, taking a walk and being silent on that walk. If it's around your block, if it's your lunch break, but learn how to hold silence for yourself. Learn how to not to choose the path of small talk first or just having conversation so that you can control not being asked questions or not speaking about yourself. It's important to notice how we're responding to ourselves and then trying to slow down, to look around, to be present while being quiet, to be in the company of other people while being quiet. Um, That would be a powerful first step. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, Let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects and old to podcasts. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You also mentioned, you know, the, the hustle culture and, and just constantly grinding and being go, go, go. Yeah. And what popped into my head, I wonder how much of that is a response to feeling like we need to prove our productivity or like a trauma or survival response. So going back to, again, just generational, generationally feeling like we have to prove that we are a productive element of society. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that popped into my head. And then you also mentioned um, sometimes people, you'll offer you know simple advice and people will reject it. And I talked, um, I heard you talk about um, in a previous interview, how sometimes if we don't know something, we'll reject it. And in the example you actually use, sometimes we simply reject joy because mm-hmm. we haven't known that or felt that or maybe even seen that um, within our household or within our families. And again, it's because we're constantly moving in that survival, um, survival mode. So going back to families, because um, I feel like, you know, not saying that within the BIPOC communities um, that we have stronger family ties. But I, I will say that in BIPOC communities, um, family is truly the cornerstone, right? So when dealing with, you step out into the world and you're dealing with racism and systemic oppression, coming home to your family has, has been that cornerstone that has helped you continue um, moving. But Debbie, what do you do or what advice do you have to offer for people who feel like sometimes coming home to their family also isn't safe? So in this era of hashtag protect your peace, um, how is it possible to protect your peace, but also um, not necessarily desert your family when you feel like your family isn't on that same healing path or maybe even awareness about mental health? Yeah, beautiful, beautiful question. We have to connect to our peace first before we can ever consider or manage or respond to another person's lack of peace. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that, you know, especially in service to this question, 
if you are on a path of wanting to have a different experience in your life or in your family structure, making a commitment to that, saying, I will do whatever is necessary to have the experiences I know I want to have, to have the ability to expand, to do something differently. You know, um, when you connect to a higher consciousness, when you connect to a deeper awareness about yourself, your impact on yourself, your impact in the world, there are layers and levels to how you will reintegrate to the rest of your life with people who not be doing the work. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to feed yourself to such an excess on this spiritual journey that you are able to greet others from your overflow and not from your deficit. So you're not taking from you to be able to stand in that. You are experiencing that with an overflow and with compassion because the fact is not everyone is going to change in this lifetime. Not everyone is going to have the opportunity or the ability to heal through things that have happened to them. And something that has been powerful for me is shifting into such a deep witnessing and compassion of that, right? Because if I have the ability to meet myself with that courage and the practical disciplined behavior that's necessary for change and someone else isn't, something I know for sure is even if they don't say it, how much that hurts, right? How much living like that is actually very challenging. Even if this is the person that is the antagonist of your life, that's a challenging life to be in. And so one, recognizing that so you can make it not personal. Because as you establish boundaries, people will climb them. People will want to bypass them. And coming into a space recognizing that that is their trained, learned behavior is not personal. And looking through the lens of how challenging it is for you to change and knowing, is that person doing the same work as I am? Are they doing all of these things that I'm doing that are very challenging for me? Mm -hmm. Mostly the answer is no. And if it's no, you know, being realistic and saying, well, how could I expect a different response? It's not about them changing. It's about me changing, changing the way I relate to their trauma and or choosing to distance myself from it because that is a very real choice that can be made by each of us. You don't have to stay in something because you've always been in it. Mm. And I feel like a lot of times when we embark on these these journeys, um, whether that's mental health or just um, overall improvement. A lot of times we want to kind of drag people along with us um, or like put on that superhero cape. And like when we talk about some of our, our closest family members or our friends, um, so I understand what you mean as far as accepting where they are and understanding and recognizing, I mean, gosh, if I'm, if I'm doing all this work and it's this hard for me, I can only imagine, you know, um, you know, are they putting in that same amount of, of work? But how do you, and I feel like I'm asking a question within the question, how do you accept someone for, or maybe it's more so, how do you resist the urge not to want to, you know, pull them along and, and just help them and, and show them, I mean, your, your life could be so much better. Let me help you. Um, how do you, and how have you managed, I guess, personally um, with close friends or family members and kind of recognizing, gosh, I love you, but I have to distance myself. Mm. You know, 
as honorable as that sounds and feels, it's Mm -hmm. actually very, very um, sometimes deceptive self-sabotage. This idea that we're someone else's savior, right? This idea that we're charged with being a superhero and carrying someone on our back or that we are meant to fix them. Very often, that is an extra layer of our own trauma, our own coping mechanisms, and our tools of avoidance. You know, I for the first few years on this journey, especially as someone who is kind of on this journey before um, mental health was really coined or like was trending, <laughs> before it became mainstream, and before. Uh, you know, everyone had access to the books and the memes and the things. Mm-hmm. It can be incredibly isolating. It can be very lonely. Make no mistake. You know, mm-hmm. it is frustrating because you're understanding the depth of um, the extreme polarities about being alive. Joy, grief, hardship, happiness. Like we are always in between two extremes. Mm-hmm. So... One kind of really challenging yourself, what is my obsession with making someone else change or getting them to get it? Can I turn my gaze inward? You know, is that actually a call to come back to self and to stop looking at someone through my judgments? Because even though they are quote unquote good judgments, right? Like Mm -hmm. I want you to want more for yourself. I want you to have more. It's also a judgment because we're saying I don't have faith or belief that that person can do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't have faith or belief that their life is perfectly designed for them and that they will connect with the tools if it is on their path and supposed to be possible. Um, so I think always turning the gaze inward and choosing to not be filled with frustration for another's life choices and behaviors, mm-hmm. but turning that gaze towards, if I don't like that, what's another choice I can make? Right. Debbie, I feel like that was like an indirect read. Like, oh <laughs> my gosh, that, thank you for that. And every, I feel like every time you say something, every time you drop a gym, girl, I'm like, I just have to receive it. It's like a deep inhale. Um, so thank you. Uh, I do want to acknowledge we got a few questions um, from the audience. So someone said, you know, I loved hearing your perspective on compassion. How do you shift your default from personal anger, bitterness, pain, et cetera, um, to a place of more empathy and compassion? Any thoughts on that? Oh, yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> and whoever shared it, you have to get in your practice. You know, something that I feel is a a true responsibility of mine to share when I speak is that growth, real change, and ability to be a version of yourself you haven't been yet, it is not done in a weekend of vision boarding. It is not done by just listening to my conversation today. It is by listening to this conversation and reflecting on it over time. And then taking things you heard and putting them in active process with you in every single day. Mm-hmm. Coming into a space, especially if your intention is to be in a space where you hold more empathy and compassion for yourself and others, you have to build a structure that supports that intention. You have to be clear and say out loud that that is your intention. Mm-hmm. And then 
create some processes, um, whether that is at home, personal meditation, um, opportunities to have nourishing experiences for yourself, reading books, journaling your thoughts, having expression about the things in your life and or experiencing, you know, um, therapy, whatever type that is needed, whether that is cognitive, somatic, DBT for some, there's so many different kinds of therapy mm-hmm. um, or group therapy or, or seeking outside counsel. You know, you have to actually make all of those things daily choices and part of the new ways you'll be experiencing yourself and your life regularly to be able to live from that space. And it does not take as long as you'd imagine, but it does take thought and intention. Mm -hmm. And I think you, um, when you say thought and intention, and you've touched on this many times too, just being alone with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we think about how often we truly avoid being alone with ourselves. And I, I think a lot of times, even now we, we think about, um, you know, listening to music as therapeutic and just always kind of having some sort of background noise, but how often are we truly sitting alone with our own thoughts? And I, I feel like that mm-hmm. truly is kind of the first key in really understanding who you are, your desires, your wants. And like you said, uncovering that true personality, um, and unpacking maybe what was imprinted in, in diving into who you truly are. Ah, oh, yes. Um, and another question that came in, so someone said, um, Debbie, I'm an empath and can feel that your message is resonating with so many people watching, but can you also touch on living and acting in vibrational alignment with what you are looking for? So i.e., the law of attraction, I found when talking to many others about their own awakening journey, that this is a piece that many people miss. Yeah, absolutely. It is. So my response to this, and I, I, I think I experience it um, similarly, but slightly different to the law of attraction. I believe in aligned choice making. And so if you are clear that you want your life to be different, if there has been awarenesses that have come through and if there have been real consideration and thought about how you make this happen day to day awareness and alignment in your choices and in your daily behavior and action are what really support that vibrational alignment that allow you to become a magnetic presence in this world, that allow you to have experiences that um, the words I use for myself are shrouded in a lot of grace and ease. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've committed to wanting change and there is an intention set and you are being very intentional about your personal behavior, always matching your intention. We cannot control others. So I am not saying that people are not going to try you, right? Like I'm not saying that people aren't going to still become run up, running up to you with the exact things that they've been doing. But what you'll notice is that when you stay in your integrity, when you stay in your aligned choices, very quickly that shifts. Mm -hmm. Very quickly you start really connecting to a higher version of even the people that you know, and you start calling in and making space for people that are much more of a vibrational fit for your life, um, more connected to the level of consciousness that you Mm -hmm. wish to be living in. And so those day-to-day choices of really staying in personal integrity, making a higher choice, not a codependent choice, right? Not a nice choice. I'm not something because I think 
I'll be perceived by another in this way. I'm making the choice that is the best fit for my intention and I am not causing harm to others. That vibrational alignment ushers in everything. So I have recognized in myself and in clients and in many people that I've worked with over the years, it leads to an ease in your healing process. It leads to a rapid amount of breakthrough thoughts, which enhances your creativity and enhances your own ability to experience yourself. And you begin to notice that the types of experiences that you kept repeating with people, whether that was maybe um, having a consistent menu of betrayals in your life, having a consistent menu of maybe friends that don't have the emotional intelligence that you do or the heart that you do, you start to notice that that is naturally being cast aside and that... um, higher choices and higher versions of experiences begin to come in effortlessly, really through no um, no extreme seeking of yours. You are drawing these things to you, but it all happens because of who you're choosing to be consistently. Wow. And I, I think this podcast episode, I need this audio. This is your <laughs> are so incredible, Whitney. Thank you. I would be honored, Debbie. Um, But you talked about, you know, a lot of times how we find ourselves kind of repeating cycles. Um, And it reminds me, honestly, of one of my favorite um, gospel songs about cycles. Um, And in the song, it states, you know, the devil learns from your mistakes, even if you don't. And within this conversation, okay, now I started thinking about like, the devil watching like generations of us, right? And repeating those same cycles and, and giving us those same lessons. But even within ourselves, um, consciously trying to break those cycles and learn. You talked about, um, you know, repeated betrayals and understanding, you know, why am I being presented with the same lessons and how can I break that cycle? Um, that's really powerful. Thank you, uh, Debbie. I did also want to ask, do you have any tangible resources or like favorite books or and feel free to drop, you know, the title of your book and your cards and all that. Um, but any tangible um, items that people can build, um, can use to build their own toolbox of daily practices for our own mental health. And also did want to um, let the audience know we have about 10 minutes left for questions before Debbie leads us into a meditation. So if you want to um, submit those, but yeah, any tangible resources that you that you have for us? Absolutely. I think first I would... Um shameless, not shameless plug, but I would definitely recommend my podcast. And what I really love about my podcast, so some of my background is I am a meditation teacher. I am a trauma-informed healer. I'm an energy healer, some other things as well. But everything we talk about on that show is from that very, very practical lens of how can I connect to this information and live it? How can I make this useful and of service to myself and others right now. And on the show, um, sometimes it's just me talking and I'm answering questions or doing meditations, but I really seek out all of the emerging and, and often unknown thought leaders in this space of wellness across yeah. a really multidimensional view. So, you know, when I think of wellness, the way that we speak to it publicly now, it's very centered on mental health, but I believe in the pillars of well-being. I believe that we have to have a holistic lens for everything that we want to manifest in our life with 
which means meeting it mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so on that show, we touch on, we talk about psychedelics and leading information in the psychedelic field with experts in that space of how that extends itself to healing. I have spoken with somatic therapists, with psychotherapists, with shamans, with medicine women, with elders who have been doing this work in indigenous spaces for decades. We talk about intimacy. We talk about, you know, so many different layers of how complex sometimes our experiences show up in our lives. Mm -hmm. So that is something that I really love about being able to do that show in that way with the Black Effect Network. I would also recommend, you know, there's so many gorgeous books that can kind of really begin to shift your consciousness. Mm -hmm. I believe in looking for books that are about a higher awakening, that are specifically about consciousness. And so, um, Dr. Deepak Chopra is a phenomenal, phenomenal resource for that. His life's work has been a blessing to myself and so many. And he, you know, he's written nearly a hundred books in the course of his life. Some things that people don't know is that, you know, in a lot of his books, he explores consciousness through not just wisdom traditions, but, you know, a book that he has a few books on Christ, on Jesus and Mm -hmm. Christ consciousness and Ayurveda and, you know, Vedic philosophy, quantum physics, those books are so powerful. I think start with um, the seven spiritual laws of success, because I think those laws really begin to expand us in a way um, that has a lot of ease to it, to understand um, our ability as creators in our own life to create new pathways for ourselves. Um, I also really recommend my dear friend, Resma Minikim's books. He has uh, My Grandmother's Hands that I mentioned, and he also has his latest book, The Quaking of America, which is really exploring this intersection of spirituality and social and racial justice. Uh, Another book that I really love right now, uh, especially from more of a feminine point of view, would be Elizabeth Lesser's book, Cassandra Speaks. And exploring uh, the intersectionality of spirituality, awakening to consciousness, and feminism. So there's there's so many different ways to approach this work, but those books, I think, are really powerful. Oh, one more. By Elizabeth Lesser, a book that I love is called Broken Open. I think it's a really gorgeous way to shift your understanding of pain you have experienced in your life and Mm -hmm. how to really use that as a fuel for more. Thank you. And I'm going to sprinkle one in there too um, from an amazing conversation that you had with Dr. Rita Walker. Um, So Dr. Rita Walker, psychologist, researcher, um, but the author of a book that I'll recommend, um, The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health. You know a spot, but not just a spot the spot actually with the 2023 nissan frontier you know a bunch of them but the key to these great spots being able to reach them in the first place your spot is out there find your frontier in the 2023 nissan frontier with standard 310 horsepower advanced tech and 281 pound feet of torque at t connects an ode to podcast 
Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. So Debbie, I just want to thank you. Someone says, you know, I have tears in my eyes um, just listening to you. So thank you so much for being here. And before we get into the meditation, just want to re, uh, reiterate the importance of um, this session and, and why I asked you to join us today. So um, going back to the conversation that you had with Dr. Rita Walker, you all talk about um, this element of forced resilience um, mm-hmm. in BIPOC communities. Yeah. And I think you've done such a phenomenal job of talking us through um, just how much that can impact and really imprint on us. Um, but also recognizing the importance of awareness, forgiveness, um, and how to embark on our mental health journey. So thank you so, so much for sharing um, sharing that. And then you also talked about, you know, the complex post-traumatic stress. Um, so thank you for being here with us today. And um, before we go into the meditation, is there anything else that you would like to, uh, I guess, leave the, leave the guests with before we get into our zone? Yes, I would share, you know, Just really spend time thinking, where in my life can I slow down if I get present enough? 
You know, is there opportunity to walk slower sometimes? Is there opportunity as I'm rushing through my house or for those that have children, as I'm getting, you know, my children ready to not have to feel so frantic about it, to Mm -hmm. use a little bit of different language in the way that I speak to myself and the way that I speak to my children or others, you know, is there a way to slow down in the present moment? Sometimes that's not possible and I want to honor that. In some moments, it really is, and we don't recognize it. It's impossible to do that. Just start thinking that thought, seeing where it leads you day to day in your daily choices, your daily interactions, the small moments, how quickly you may be making your coffee, the energy you are giving off if you're somewhere ordering a coffee. Mm. If you're walking, is there opportunity to put my back a little bit straighter as I do? Is there opportunity? to connect to my breath and to slow down, especially when it's just me by myself. Those moments give you the powerful ability to start shifting your bigger life choices and the bigger ability to play with time, to be really present in the things that matter to you. Because one of the hardships of... um, sometimes feeling like you're in a battle with your mental or emotional health mm-hmm. that robs you of the good moments too, because we mm-hmm. are ourselves to move so quickly through moments of discomfort that our bodies and brains and hearts now move really quickly through the good stuff too, through the joy. And so we don't even get to feel that. And we deserve to feel that when it's present. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think this session has done a really great job of um, putting into perspective. So at Molson Cores, we really like to approach diversity, equity, and inclusion um, from a lens of empathy. And so I think today with you sharing, again, just the impact that um, some communities have had to face for centuries and how that has impacted mental health and the barriers for generations to come and how we're dealing with that um, generational trauma and grief and um, now embarking on these different healing practices, I think that does a great job of just setting perspective so people can understand, um, you know, why there are certain barriers for certain communities when it comes to mental health and in those journeys. So thank you so much, Debbie. And I am now going to go backstage while you lead us through um, a, a meditation for, let's say, a session to over about nine minutes, uh, maybe five to six minutes or so. Beautiful. I would love to. Okay, everyone that can connect to the sound of my voice right now that is joining us. I want to invite you to notice your body before we close your eyes. So, wherever you happen to be sitting, you may be in more of an upright chair, similar to myself. You may have found a little comfort on the ground. I want to just invite you to get a little more comfortable. So, adjust your seating if that feels good. Notice your body. Allow your spine to come into a space that feels upright, strong, and supportive. And allow your belly in front of you to be soft. So really just let your stomach go a little and let your spine be as straight and supportive as it can be. And I want to invite you now to gently close your eyes.
And as you gently close your eyes, connect to that body, and now come into your body and connect to your breath. And as you're sitting now, it might feel comfortable to bring one hand forward and connect the palm of that hand to your heart space. Or it might feel comfortable to have both of your hands, palms up, resting on your thighs in a state of receiving. And here we're going to connect to a very simple but powerful box breath. This is a system of four seconds, four times. So when I begin this breath process, we will inhale through our nose for four seconds. We'll then hold that breath at the top for four seconds. We'll then slowly release the breath through our nose for four seconds. And then we'll hold our breath again at the bottom for four seconds. And we will do that together three times in a row. I'll keep the count for us. Allow yourself to begin the inhale in through your nose. Now, one, two, three, four. Hold the breath. Two, three, four. Release through your nose. Two. Three, four, hold at the bottom. Two, three, four. Begin your next inhale here. Two, three, four, hold it at the top. Two, three, four, and release through your nose. Two, three, four, and hold at the bottom. Two, three, four. Begin your next inhale here, counting silently in your own mind. Hold it. Release. Hold. Now gently return to a breath that feels nourishing in your body at your own pace. Eyes still gently closed. And from this space, let's bring your awareness to the very top of your head, your crown. And slowly begin to scan from the inside out, slowly moving from the top of your head down, noticing your ears, your jaw. Is there opportunity to relax your jaw here? Release your face down your neck, now noticing your shoulders. Is there opportunity to release and relax your shoulders? Spine still straight and supportive, belly still soft, breath gently flowing in and out from your chest. Moving down now your chest, noticing your heart, 
greeting it, moving down to your elbows, to your waist, noticing and releasing your hips, the tops of your legs, your knees, your calves, your ankles, your feet, your toes, taking a nice deep breath in here, nourishing all of your organs. And releasing. And connecting to your breath. Bringing your awareness to the center of your chest. The very center of your heart and your heart space. And now I'm going to bring forward the four soul questions. And as I say each question aloud, allow yourself to ask the question silently, internally to yourself without trying to fill it with an answer. Who am I? Who am I? What do I really want? What do I really want? What is my purpose? What is my purpose? How can I serve? How can I serve? And releasing the questions, taking a deep inhale here, in through your nose, try for six seconds, one, two, three, four, five, six, releasing through your mouth with a sigh. We'll do that breath one more time together, keeping your own count here. Coming back into the present moment, waking your body up, wiggling your toes, wiggling your fingers, shaking out your shoulders, coming into the present moment. The light in me recognizes and honors the light in you. Taking a brief bow for myself and others. Gently opening your eyes. Namaste. Mm, I love that conversation. Thank you once again to Molson, to Whitney for this dynamic conversation that you all so courageously had within your workspace, within your corporation, um, very impactful corporation in the world. (sighs) Thank you for letting me 
have a space to expand on thoughts and ideas that are incredibly important to me and to my work in the world. So big love to you, Molson Group. Big love to you, Whitney. If you enjoyed this conversation, and especially if it really resonated as something you think should be heard in your workspace, I want to go ahead and encourage you and give you that permission. Maybe drop this conversation in the Slack channel. Drop this conversation at the next meeting and really begin to explore and dissect and unpack some of things that we had the opportunity to talk about. Leave a comment and a five-star rating if you feel so calls and if you have the bandwidth today. And we will be back next week. Your sole work for this week is to just think of three things that you found interesting in this conversation or that resonated or that led you to another place of yourself and write down the thoughts that you're experiencing right now. Catch you next week. Big love. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect. At Debbie Brown, that's Twitter and Instagram, or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jack Beast and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.